Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. So I find that I came across this particular topic just by happenstance, but more so it seemed like it was just meant to be. So I was having a conversation with my son the other day, and I'm just like pushing this idea and this characteristic of excellence onto him. And I said something that was profound, and I was like, whoa, let me pick up the phone and call you real quick. So I essentially told him, find the bar to average in any area of your life, whether it's the average student, the average worker, the average whatever. Find the bar of average, and then I want you to crush it. Because that is the key to success, and that is how you just demolish anything mediocre, and that is how you evolve to become excellent. And then I'm in the kitchen and I'm listening to a few things on the radio. And then I heard the statistic about New Year's resolutions. So I was just like, time out. I took that one from the conversation I had with my son. I plussed it with the one I heard on the radio and I got a strong two. And I was like, you know what? I want to talk about being average. And you only know what's average by looking up statistics and average things that you know they took with surveys and what have you and I was like I'm just going to show the bar in each area or as many areas as I can in a short time frame and I want us to be intentional in how we conduct ourselves I want us to just spew excellence and I want average to be so low that it looks remedial in our lives so went ahead and did pretty much an extension from what I heard on the radio talking about the statistic of, um, what is that, the New Year's resolution. And it basically said, let me just go to it real quick. Okay, that boom. The statistic on how many people actually follow through and accomplish their New Year's resolution are rather grim. Studies have shown that less than 25% of people actually stay committed to their New Year's resolutions after this 30 days, and only 8% accomplish them. And that's from the Forbes website. And I was like, I'm sorry. (laughs) So you mean to tell me once February 2nd hits, It's a complete and utter wrap when it came to your whole shish So then it made me want to do research on, okay, so what's the typical New Year resolution? Like, are we setting goals that are too high? And we're like, man, I said I was going to go from a size 14 to a size 2, and I can't do that. So, you know, Um, like, what are we doing? So I went ahead and went on Inc.com, and it gave me a couple of more popular New Year's resolutions for a survey of 2,000 people. The first one, you already know, the most prominent was diet and eating healthier. I'm not going to eat no more fast food. I'm going to prep my meals. I'm going to, you know how people can get, right? Then the second one was, what do you think? Right, exercise. So it's almost as if gym membership is passive income for the gym owners, Like they know you are only going to come a very small percent of the time. Then you're going to go through this whole mental, emotional struggle of, well, I don't want to cancel my membership because if I cancel it, then I'm really not going to go. So what you're basically doing is, again, and I want that to hit you hard, your membership and your absence thereof is passive income for the gym owner. Yeah, let that sit for a little bit. Okay, so back to the list. Diet's the first one. Second one is 
exercise. Third one, losing weight. And I think this one may be kind of a pitfall because how much weight are you realistically trying to lose? Please don't go and try to lose a whole human in 12 months. Like, if you're a strong 300, give yourself some slack, okay? You didn't become 312 months, so can we just go ahead and put a number that makes some sense, please? Okay? Number four, save more money and spend less. Mm. Yeah, we can talk about that one for, okay, I'm, I'm going to go into that one. That's the only reason why I'm skipping over. Five, learn a new skill or hobby, which I actually, low-key, that is phenomenal. The art of wanting to learn something new and to keep continuing the brain, you know, exercising and all of that intellectual stimulation is just amazing to me. And as a matter of fact, I don't ever think that I, in all my years, have even thought to do so. So that made me want to go back and do something extra. Put that on my list, if you will. Number six, quit smoking, which we all know is you got to do that in phases. God bless the people who can do it cold turkey, but the people who can't, listen, if that's not your strong suit, then you need to find, Google as much as you can, okay, 10 steps, however many steps to stop smoking, and then you find the thing that makes it a habit because never been a smoker, but I can tell you that it's habitual. I noticed that every smoker smokes at a certain time. It's either right when you get up, it's either in the morning, it's either um, right after a certain meal, be it breakfast, lunch, what have you. And so what you're essentially doing is you have to exercise the muscle of a new habit and that new habit has to outdo the old habit of where you would have grabbed a cigarette you have to go ahead and grab something different maybe go grab a handful of healthy snacks maybe go grab you have to you, you see what i'm saying you have to exchange it for what you did before to something new because your brain is saying "Ooh, around this time i usually do so you can't just for some people they can't just eliminate that that brain kind of you know transmitting of information some people have to to say, no, I'm still going to do something within this time. I'm just going to do something else that's not detriment to my health. You see what I'm saying with that? Okay. So that was number six. Number seven was read more, which in this day and time, it probably is because we're just rush, rush, rush.com. It probably is difficult to just sit down, take a book and just say, ah, let me just have this good read to myself between the phone and everything else being a distracting. I think the better way in this generation, if just sitting down is not an option or you can't eliminate the distractions needed to really just divulge into the book, is audiobooks. I think that it's amazing to be able to buy a book, press play, and to get that same effect. You can hear it while you commute. It's almost like the same thing with certain, you know, radio stations. It's just that now, instead of listening to the same five or six songs that they play all the time, to the point that you know the song by heart, and you're like, how do I know this song by heart? Yeah, because your brain is looking for stuff to, you know, grab onto. So you might as well go ahead, and if you're going to listen to something audible, you might as well listen to a book. Because with the song, memorization right there, at least you know, even when I'm not listening, I'm learning. You see how powerful that is? So I would go ahead and just recommend if that is something that you want to do better in, I would recommend just hearing the audio portions of it. Number eight, find a new job. Hmm. <laughs> Get up out of there, sir and ma'am. We'll talk about that in a minute. Number nine was drink less alcohol. Yeah, come on. Don't don't turn up to the point that you become a turn up, okay? 
Like, let, let's do something different, shall we? Like, your liver in a couple of years, sir, ma'am, yeah, they're going to they, they're gonna have some hands for you. You're going to wish you treated that liver differently, okay? You only got one. This ain't the kidneys, okay? You only got one, okay? All right, let's get off it. Ten, spend more time with family and friends. And I have often said this before. I said, if you, somebody showed me this, and it was actually mind-blowing for me, to be honest, and it was a, a check that I needed. They said, if you write, make a list, two columns, right? Your first column, and let's think of it like a space game where you put us and them. So the column to the left side should be one numbered one through five, and you listing what's important to you in the order that it's important. So you know, my spiritual life, um, my family, my, and then, you know, you list and you list and you list. And then on the other side of the paper, the right side of the column, again, numbering one through five, or however many numbers that can match what you have in the first column, the second column should be realistically how you spend your time right now. So I remember when I did this exercise a couple of years ago, I have wrote down that spiritual life was most important. My family was most important. Um, exercising was most important. And I had some other things there. And then when I went to the second side of the column and was really indicating how my time is being spent right now, you know, with the first one being the most, yeah, the first one was work. Second one was, um, it was something different. But when I zoomed out and looked at both lists I was like wait a minute the things that I'm seeing are most important to me in the order that is important to me on the left hand side is not reflected the same on how my time is currently spent on the right hand side column and so I would just encourage anyone to really just ooh, like go ahead and just do that self-assessment because sometimes being busy and the stress of the of all of that, you know, coming together is nine times out of ten because your time is not being spent where the things that you value are taking first place. Sometimes not even second place, right? Okay, cool. So we got the New Year's resolution. So then I went on to, you already know, we're going to talk about weight. So I went on to WebMD because that was just the place that it had the most information and I liked it. It said, by some estimates, 80% of people who successfully lose at least 10% of their body weight will gradually regain it to the end up as large or even larger than they were before they went on a diet. Are you kidding me? Now, I don't know... All the reasonings to get to the exact of why that is. But I think that, I think it's just a matter of habit. I think, again, we are not outlasting our bad habits. We are not producing stronger, healthier habits that will subdue and the prior habits. So your habit to consistently go through drive through, you would have to do it, you know, and that's just your, listen, I want something quick. I'm hungry. I'm on the road. You know, it, I, I don't have enough options. But like I said before, there are grocery stores on the road. You can go ahead and buy you some fruit, a smoothie, a to-go salad. And I know you like, ah, I don't be wanting that. Right. But you have to develop at least you know, at least make a standard that I'm not looking to become full while I'm on the road, right? 
at this time, I'm just looking to make sure that I'm not starvation while I'm driving. That's going to make me end up in a greasy pizza spot. I mean, literally, go ahead and go the extra mile. You're going to drive anyway. You know, I'm sorry, grocery stores are not drive through, but they definitely are. Listen, Walmart, right next to the Taco Bell, you choose which one you want to do. Right, drive past the ta- right, drive past the Taco Bell, go to Walmart, go get you your to-go salad, your to-go whatever. And just the notion is I just need something to hold me over until I get home. It's just a pacifier. It's not the blanket you're looking for, but it's the pacifier. And so then the next one I went to was what's the bar when it comes to marriage? So I wanted to kind of look up what were some of the things that people were getting divorces behind, right? And so I got a list real quick from marriage.com, and it was infidelity, money, lack of communication, constant arguing, weight gain, so that means you got to keep it sexy, unrealistic expectations, lack of intimacy, which I love that they went ahead and put that because that is different than I'll just go ahead and let you read it. Again, it's, it's marriage.com. But lack of intimacy is not the same as intercourse. Intimacy and intercourse are two different things. You can have an intimate bond with someone and never swap any kind of fluid. The fluid it swapping is the cherry on top. You see, I'm trying to keep it kid-friendly. Okay, great. So back to the list. Weight gain, unrealistic expectations, lack of intimacy, lack of equality, not being prepared for marriage, hmm? and unfortunately, abuse. So then I went the extra mile, and I'm like, okay, so now that we kind of got that, that, that kind of, you know, makes you want to get a little ear in, I'm like, well, let's go a little further. You know, I want to know more about because I am still an advocate for all things marriage. I don't believe marriage is not for everyone, just like I don't believe school is not for everyone. Now, again, it is. there are exceptions to the rule. You know, the, Paul in the Bible, he decided, listen, I want to go ahead and do this mission on life solo. I get it, but I very much believe that it still works for those who want it, right? You just have to do it the right way. And there is a right way to marry, just like there's a right, right way to go to school. You don't have to go to school and come out with $2 billion of student loan debt. There's a right way to do things. And that takes educating yourself on what's not working. And then you get behind the scenes of that, you master that part, and then you go out and then you crush the average bar. So I went on HuffPost.com to look up the 10 most common reasons people get divorced. And the number one reason was <laughs> was actually um, surprising, but not too surprising, you know. Number one was getting in it for the wrong reasons. Marrying for money. So it says we all heard that it's a, you know, quick ticket to get a divorce is marrying someone for money. And, you know, you see it all the time. When you look at these famous people and who their spouses are, you're like, how did, oh, he got money. And it's unfortunate. It's like everybody knows. It's like a silent head nod, like we know it. The second is lack of individual identity, which I think is humongous because a marriage is just not two people coming together. It's two whole people coming together. Like if I don't have all my ingredients and 
my spouse doesn't have all his ingredients, then we can't make the meal of marriage. Marriage is the meal. And the two people are bringing the sides and the other things that come along with making that a meal. It needs to be a smorgasbord. A lot of the times somebody's bringing, you know, the meats and the other person's bringing paper plates. And it's like, this is not balanced. And then, okay, well, you bring the juice and I'll bring a salad. It's like, oh, we're going to be hungry. <laughs> that's what. That's all we bring in together? Together, that's all we mustering up? Oh, okay. And then moving along. So number three, becoming lost in the roles, which is extremely important because being a wife, being a mom, you know, sometimes those two roles battle. And then if you don't have children, being a wife and then being your own individual self, that can become lost too. And I think that we're forgetting the portion of we are to carry our marriage with us, meaning in our decisions, how you carry yourself, what you wear, um, you know, just your overall, just your overall aura. Like it shouldn't feel flirtatious. It shouldn't feel like, you know, you're still living as a single person. Like, wow, did you let him know that you was going to buy $500 worth of shoes or that particular purse or bag? Or, you know, are you decorating? And if I walk in your home, does it look overly girly? Like, did you allow him to at least feel a little masculine presence here a little bit? And I think what's happening is sometimes those two roles battle. We battle not losing ourselves or taking on a new role, and we just have to find an equal balance in that. Number four, for the reasons of not wanting or the top reasons for getting a divorce, is not sharing a vision of success. I've talked about this so many different times with so many different people, and it's so important that you do your pre-work before you even settle down and get serious with someone, let alone marriage. You need to know, and I look at it like if you visualize two cars on a road, right? And let's just imagine this road being a highway. You want to, bare minimum, have two cars parallel journeying each other. You have this journey, I have this journey, but we're still going in the same direction. The best portion is that I can get out my car, get in your car, and where I envision God taking me and what my dreams and passions are, I can still drive in this car with you without ever forsaking and abandoning it, what means the most to me. So, for instance, before I met my husband, I was very clear that um, I didn't want to be with anybody who was in the service. Shouts out for the people who do the whole military, you know, service life. I just knew that that wasn't for me because of several different reasons. I don't do well with continuously moving around. I didn't want that for my children. I didn't want to continue to disrupt and, you know, start all over, you know, without any giving ample notice. That whole lifestyle just wasn't something that I saw that was fit for me. And so it would have been a disservice for me to entertain anyone from that lifestyle now for other people that looks like yay I'll never get bored this will be excellent you know we can go ahead and fly there and be here and I make new friends and oh I get to travel the world and yeah that's that's awesome but that wasn't important to me so once I was able to truly identify what was important to me which was more of stability I didn't want my my children to have any social awkwardness and I'm not saying that that's the only reason why a child will be awkward but it does play a huge role and so I wanted to feel like I dug my toes into some dirt and I dug deep and I built and then it blossomed. So I was just very clear, like, no, that's not going to work for me. So number five, the intimacy disappears. 
And I think that comes with either it just being too busy of a lifestyle, attraction kind of dissipates. Somebody's putting on the weight, like the other list said, you know, it's just like, uh, yeah, we need to do something about that. And then, you know, we used to do it every week. Now it's every other week. Now it's once a quarter. Now it's eh, twice a year. Oh, it's your birthday. Here you go. And, and when you don't f- keep track, at least and you have to you don't want to keep a record you know calendar wise but you do want to keep track of when's the last time and then you need to do something different you really need to attack it with the vengeance then number six was unmet expectations i think that this is the scariest thing in the whole entire world scariest thing in the whole entire world to have something that you are expecting from someone and you didn't let them know that is so unfair we can go into that in a whole other topic, but geez. Number seven, finances. We already know self-explanatory. Eight was being out of touch, literally. So that is, you know, outside of intercourse is touching hands, you know, complimenting each other, realizing, oh, you did your hair. Oh, you got a haircut. Oh, you know, that kind of thing. Number nine was different priorities and interests. Number 10 was the inability to resolve conflicts, which I think is such a disservice because no one teaches us how to do that. You know, when we start learning how to resolve conflict, when something terrible happens and it takes a strong person to say, listen, I don't think we're, I don't like how we talk to each other when we're mad. And then that wisdom should take you to another place of, yeah, let's do something different. Went ahead and looked up the statistic on hopesandfears.com, and it said that the national length of marriage in the United States of America is 8.2 years. So pretty much just two months, eight years and two months. That's ridiculous. I don't know about you, but that makes me want to say, okay, now I'm going to double it. I'm not eight years. That's nothing. I have shoes in my closet. I have, I have freaking uh undergarments and jeans that are eight years old. No, it, 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 it no, and I'm not. That's not okay. Went ahead and looked up information on debt. Did you know that the leading cause of debt, according to APXD? dot com is medical debt that people are literally filing for bankruptcy behind medical debt listen to me i like that enrages me you can't put people in a position where they literally cannot afford to live or afford to be healthy and that is why exercise and what you eat if your symptom or illness can be controlled by that is super important list this is expensive life is expensive and medical debt people are freaking going on bankruptcy because of that that is outrageous then i went ahead and looked up statistics on finance finances And according to USA Today, it says Americans don't have enough money in the bank to cover a single month's worth of expenses. So that means that, God forbid, if something happened, you do not have in your account whatever will keep your home afloat for one month is not in your account. I need that to light a flame so hot underneath your hiney, ma'am and sir, and say, yo... I didn't know that it was this bad. If you can look in your savings account right right now and you meet the statistic, then you are average. 
And I'm not saying it to be disrespectful. I'm saying it to awaken something in you because that should make you say, oh, no, 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 nothing about me is average. You don't go to work and be that stressed out and deal with all that crap for you not to be, to have a, um, to fall into a statistic. You see what I'm saying? Like that should anger you. I know it's angering me. That ain't cute. I don't, I don't want my people to perish because of lack of knowledge. And so that's what I'm going ahead and bringing this information towards everyone now. Oof, that just got me upset. Then I went ahead and went on cbsnews.com. And it said that, <laughs> oh my goodness, this is unbelievable. 7 million Americans are at least 90 days behind on their car loan payments. Are you kidding me? What car? And that's what I'm saying. You, you have to do the work on the front end. Because it will cost you to make a, it is too expensive to make a costly decision. You need all the information you can gather before you make a decision. Please, like I said in a conversation or two ago, if that new car smell prompts you, then you go and find the air freshener that's reminiscent of that, please. Or you take your hoopty to the car service and say, hey, real quick question, what's that spray that y'all use that, um, yeah, when you spray it, it triggers people to um car loan debt. Yeah, what's that called? Can I get that at a rollback price? Like, do something, but don't do this. Seven million of us didn't get that memo? Oh, my goodness. Outrageous. So I wanted to, because I don't have car loan debt. So, and I don't like speaking on things. I told you, anytime I talk on something, it's going to be exactly something that I experienced firsthand, that I experienced secondhand through someone close to me, or that I educated myself on. So I said, well, here we go. We're going to learn today. Okay. Interest.com says that people should be following the 24-10 rule. So 20 slash 4 slash 10 rule, which means you make a down payment of at least 20%. You finance a car for no more than four years and not let your total monthly vehicle expenses, including the principal, the interest, the insurance, you do not let that exceed 10% of your gross income. So my thing is this, do I think that everybody has just, you know, a couple of thousand laying around where they can just go pick up a fresh hoopty? No, I'm not naive to that fact. So if you're going to go ahead and get a car payment, let's at least use this rule. Let me say it again. It's 10. 20% down payment, four years is the maximum, and it should not exceed 10% of your gross income. And that whole 10% is the principal, the interest, the insurance, okay? You cannot say you didn't know after this conversation. And then looking at the whole thing with marriage, I wanted to talk about, you know, because everybody's not married. So let's talk a little bit about the dating life. And this put a little smile to my face, and I'll tell you why in a little minute, because you already know. But 40% of Americans are using online dating, according to eHarmony.com. So they said with so many dating websites and apps out, it's normal now to online date. And there are 40 million Americans using online dating websites, and those users range from young to old. Now, I know you're probably saying, yeah, but out of the 40 million, four, of them don't need to, four million of them don't need to be there. And I get it. I, I've seen the selections. But can I, can I go ahead and share something with you real quick? And don't look at me different after this conversation. You promise? Okay, great. Um, I met my husband online dating. 
Yes. Yes, I did. I've also seen the gremlins that's on there. But you know what? I don't want to talk about nobody's grandbaby. That is somebody's grandbaby, and I'm not, mm-mm, that somebody loves their grandbaby, and that's that's the face that they love, so I'm going to go ahead and just leave it at that. But I know several people who have met their spouses online. Oh, but it's there. <laughs> oh, no, no, yeah, it's there. You just got to look, okay, great. Then the statistic on datingadvice.com, it says over 17. As a matter of fact, pause. I just had one of my good friends. Hey, Savannah. She um, met her husband on, um, I think she told me Instagram. She slid in the DMs. So listen, it's real time. I got excited just thinking about my baby. Anyway, so the next one on datingadvice.com, over 17% of marriages start through online dating. What? Don't take it from me. I'm telling you this thing. You know how I look at online dating, like real talk, and I know you're probably like, oh, but that's creepy. Listen, to me, it is the tag. Um, you know how when you go to a store, before you even try it on, you're able to pick up the tag. You see the price. You see you can see what the cloth is, looking at the tag in the shirt. You can see all these different, you know, attributes before you actually invest either your time to try it on or your money to bring it back home. I feel like online dating is the tag to relationships. You get to real quick. Okay, you how old? You smoke? You drink? How many kids you got? Your occupation? Okay, but no, keep it going. Ooh, I don't like. Mm-mm. Where's your tooth? Okay, keep it moving. And you get to browse before you invest. I feel like the problem with most people, you are investing before you browse their information, their background. Unfortunately, these people don't come with resumes, so you have to do a lot of searching, and people are not willing to be as open with who they are. And yes, some people fib, but do it long enough. Start to practice that muscle long enough, and your discernment will kick in like, I don't think this person's being truthful. You said you was a CEO, but I'm looking at... The times that you text me, I'm coming to your, no, and you'll start to put stuff together and it just don't make any sense, right? So then I went the extra mile for my dating crew people. So the top four dating websites with great success rates. The first one was Match. Okay, Match.com, cool. Second one was OkCupid. Third one was eHarmony. Fourth one was Tinder. They had some other ones on there, but the success rates weren't worth mentioning, so they didn't do so. Listen, but do not forsake the small beginning of a of a uh, DM on the Instagram, Facebook level. Do not forsake plenty of fish. That's why I met my husband. But don't forsake the other things. Listen, online is what you make it. And if you make it where you know you starting to watch... You get into a community group and you see, oh, such and such likes the same things as me. Or like you never know. Just keep your eyes open and your options just as open if that's the space that you're in. Right? Okay, good. I want to get over that because that excites me because I just imagine somebody just texting me like, after I heard your conversation, I was just so excited and I met my boo. And I'm like, yes, you go. Okay. And (laughs) the last thing was I wanted to talk about work stress. Right. Because I saw this in statistic and it almost made me throw up everything I ever ate since Gerber as a child. So according to smallbizgenius.net, in 2019, 94% of American workers reported experiencing stress at their workplace. 
94 bro that means six percent of people are okay kind of anyway i can't it just irritates me according to reich's united states stress statistic from 2019 only six percent of workers don't report feeling stressed at work around 23 percent of them described their stress levels as high while six percent said their stress levels were mm, unreasonably high bruh when i say unbelievable I truly mean that that's unbelievable. Next thing was um, APAexcellence.org. It said with 65% of U.S. employees citing work as a significant source of stress and more than one-third reporting chronic work stress, workplace stress can affect both individual well-being and organizational performance. Listen to me. I don't know... I don't want to be that person that's just the guru of all things get out because it's terrible. But I do want to be the guru for all things um, quality of life. Please find it in your heart that you don't invest the largest portion of your waking life to a job that depletes you. I need you to make a small step to do something different. Either you pray for a strategy for, okay, God, how do I align me with this organization, get the results, the pay, the benefits, everything that I need without just completely just walking away. But if you have tried everything in your power outside of taking a medication in order to help you survive through the day, then I want you to be brave enough. I would appreciate if you went ahead and put two part-time jobs together just to get the full-time benefit of what you had and let it be two part-time jobs not that you're toiling over but that actually don't deplete you you again need to listen to the alarm clocks of your body because what would end up happening is you're going to go ahead and have medical bills outside of the yin yang okay because now you got to keep going to the doctor and keep co-paying and to keep whatever and unfortunately when we leave said environments it takes a while for us to come out of that it's almost like when a baby comes out the wound even though they're out they're still crumped over and scrunched in as if they're still in the wound it takes them a while to be able to know oh i can stretch out now i don't have to keep my hand in the ball fist so I don't want a job to be able to put their thumbprint on the rest of your life especially when people are going bankrupt because of medical debt and if you do not notice by the tone I'm it I'm very passionate about that so the point of this conversation you already know we are having life provoking conversations the conversations that nobody else is going to have i want you to think i want you to digest and i want you to apply apply whatever statistic that you uncomfortably fell in and said "Ooh, up until this conversation i didn't know i was being average so what i'm gonna go ahead and do is make a commitment that lasts longer than a new year's resolution i'm gonna make a commitment to myself i'm gonna put pen to paper and i'm going to write down the small steps that i'm going to take to be consistent and persistent to not look average to a statistic okay at this point you must do better because now you are made aware of how to do better once you identify the average bar in any portion of your life excellence should reign in you that you now want to crush it demolish all the words that mean extraordinarily breaking through however you want to just go ahead and say it. But I feel like you got what you need. But listen, I am serious about this. 
and like the Bishop Migos, I walk it like I talk it. So I'm going to go ahead and let you go. But as my good nanny says, all right, I ain't going to hold you. I'm going to go ahead and make sure I'm not in any of these statistics so I won't have pie on my face. You understand? But stay by your phone because I'm going to call you back because I have something else I want to tell you. But I want to make this list real quick, and you should be too. Okay? All right. Mm-hmm. No problem. All right. Later.